It's easy to get lost. This is The Revenue Maze, and I'm Valerie Cobb. Join me as we navigate the halls, dead ends, and U-turns on our path towards upward growth trajectory. The Revenue Maze is sponsored by Lodestar URY, guidance and execution through fractional revenue leadership, uncovering hidden revenue streams, and empowering small business growth through process-driven sales. Welcome everybody to the Revenue Maze. I am so excited about today's guest. He's a car guy, so everybody listening that loves the cars, for decades involved with emerging tech for just as long. He will tell you that the intersection of cars and emerging technology has landed him his dream job as co-founder of Blue Connect Automotive. He's innovative and he has a, a bunch of patents. He's a physical fitness, automobile restoration, and barbecue aficionado. I'd like for you to welcome Todd Kripe. Welcome, Todd. Um, hi, Valerie. Uh, good to see you again, and thanks for having me on the uh, Revenue Maze. Awesome. I love it. Now, anybody who is listening, they know that we always have to start the show what it, with one, what is one thing that you can tell the group that will help them get out of the revenue maze? Well, I, I think the, the one thing I would, uh, would tell the group is uh, it's important to be uh, not the same as everybody else. And one of the things I'll talk about as we uh, go through the show today is uh, how to differentiate yourself from being viewed as just another commodity. And in, in, in my business, in the, uh, the automotive technology business, uh, there, there's a lot of that. Most, uh, most automotive dealers and auto parts stores, uh, they're all viewed as being the same. And uh, our, our mission is to uh, change that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've, I've thought about that. I, I call it the commodity zone, or sometimes even in the selling industry, uh, you'll get sales reps that even though it isn't a commodity, they'll call it feature benefit kind of vomit. So they don't really differentiate, right? So I, I, I would love for you to kind of give some examples of how you fix that for people. Sure, I'm happy to. Well, it's, uh, it really all comes down to relationship and you know, building a relationship and communications. So if we use a, uh, an automotive dealer um, as an example, um, you, you've got a car. Most people have cars. <laughs> it's, it's, I think I have a car. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've run into a few lately yeah. that are not doing cars anymore. So yeah, that's been interesting. Surprisingly, <laughs> some, some people don't. And you know, that may be the way the world is going. Uh, they call that transportation as a service or TAAS. But uh, that, perhaps that's another show. Uh, not today. That it's, is it's, another show. <laughs> we could get into hours on that one. Yeah. <laughs> But for the uh, uh, for the you know the, the differentiator for um, an automotive dealer, uh, you know they're all viewed the same. Yeah, you know I have a car, you have a car. Uh, I I could take my I actually have several cars, but I could take <laughs> one, one of my cars uh, to ten different places and get the same service uh, performed on it. Uh, they all cost about the same. They all are nice to me. Uh, you really don't see much difference. Uh, but there there's also no incentive to uh, go back. To the same dealer, you know, more than once to get the car serviced. Uh, so, um, and again, I know this isn't all about talking about our uh, our company and what we do, but uh, I've been involved with uh, loyalty programs for uh, decades, and mm -hmm. uh, also uh, was involved early on with uh, with messaging 
on how to send uh, messages to people and you have to have permission to communicate. Uh, every, everybody that's watching this podcast has been annoyed by uh, you know, somebody <laughs> calling them to try and um, you know, sell them something they don't want. Uh, uh -huh. that, that's just the opposite of what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. uh, so you, you have to uh, have permission to communicate with people to start with, and then you have to communicate with them in the manner that they prefer. And then once you're granted that ability, uh, now it's up to you to send them timely and relevant messages. So if you, if you uh, reach out to them too often, then they get annoyed. If you reach out to them to talk about things that they don't care about, they get annoyed. So it's, that's, there's, a, there's a little bit of science and a little bit of art involved with that, sending timely and relevant messages to people. If you okay. can do that, then you'll build a relationship and uh, you will no longer be seen as a commodity. You'll have a relationship. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I know we've all kind of had that balance between the communication and the right type. I'll, I'll call it the right type of relationship, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a little bit, I was talking to somebody about insurance the other day. None of us wants to pay it. And yet when something happens, we sure love that we had the insurance to cover it, right? So it's kind yeah. of the same way that balance in the communication that you're talking about is people want to know about the relevant things in their lives and that develops that relationship and, and the timing of it also, right? And how often and when and at their, at their preferences, you know? Yeah. Agreed. And, and when it comes to uh, automobiles, uh, uh, many people uh, have a very uh, strong bond with their car or with their truck. Mm. Um, and uh, surprisingly, uh, you can tell by looking at me, I'm not the new guy. Uh, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the younger that you are, uh, the more likely you are to uh, have a name for your car. So I don't, I don't know. Do you have a name for your car, Valerie? No, I, I, I you know, I, I lived in the Cayman Islands and people named their homes, but they didn't, you know, it's funny because I was in the heavy equipment manufacturing industry and those guys with heavy equipment, the drills that you would think just get beat up, you know, cat, komatsu, all of that kind of stuff. They would have chrome and they would go and wash them at the end of the day. And they always named their rigs like Hellboy and all of these kind of fun names. And so I could see that. I could see people naming their cars. You know, I, I'm, I am kind of not the best one. Maybe my husband's the best one for that. <laughs> right. Well, people want to, you know, they, they have a relationship with their cars and mm -hmm. uh, some relationships are different than others. Some are, you know, I, I love my car. Some are, I, I hate my car. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it depends on who you are. Um, but uh, what, what we found is that uh, there are a number of uh, people that would like to have a, uh, what I'd call a trusted service advisor, uh, somebody that, that they trust that can tell them what they need to do to their car. Um, and that's uh, with our, uh, our Car Care Pro application. Uh, it's, a, it's a software application that works on Android and works on uh, uh, Apple um, iPhones. Um, and that, that's exactly what it does, is uh, it, it will tell you... Um, uh, it's, it's now time for you to co have an oil change because we'll keep track of your mileage. And where the, where the differential, tying this back into what I was talking about with a commodity, mm -hmm. uh, we, we offer this uh, product in a B2B model, actually mm -hmm. a B2B to C model, uh, okay. where, where we, we sell it to the automotive dealer and mm -hmm. then they provide it to the car owner 
uh, for free, uh, so long as the car owner continues to come back to the dealership for service. Oh, so, that uh, creates stickiness too. Uh, yeah, great, great stickiness, <laughs> and it also creates a relationship because uh, now uh, you know there's perceived value in the uh, software application because it's telling the car owner uh, what they need to do to maintain uh, optimum performance and reliability of their car. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, that may be important to you or it may not be important to you, but it becomes important to you uh, when you don't have your car and you have to get to work, right? Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that terrible that we only miss it when, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so it really becomes a, a win-win, but the uh, where the loyalty program that I mentioned uh, earlier comes in is uh, if, I'm, if I'm the automotive dealer, I have access to the same information you do in your application. And I know that you just hit uh, 10,000 miles or whatever the interval is uh, where you need to get an oil change. And uh, I will send you that timely and relevant message that, that says <laughs> it's time for you to get an oil change. And by the way, here's a $10 coupon if you'll come back to our dealership and get it serviced. Oh, that's that's incredible. You know, as you started to think about that, I was thinking, okay, it alerting me, letting me know. And I am, I am, I am so grateful for it. At the same time, if you were to just kind of come up to me and say, hey, I'm going to sell you this kind of this, that, and the other without that relationship that you were talking about and developing that relationship, I'd probably be going, is that just going to be another alert? Is that just going to be another, you know, because sometimes we get inundated, but I, I rely on that. I rely on that reminder to tell me, you know, what exactly I need to be doing at this time as a car owner, because I don't have time to think about it, you know, and there's a cost affixed to that. My time has a cost affixed to that. I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, I much rather pay somebody to clean my house that knows how to do it very fast, get it done. So I can focus on the things that I can get done. And these alerts do the exact same thing, right? I don't have to try to remember at certain miles. I don't have to try to remember all those things. And my brain, heaven knows, my brain needs help with that, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. And, it's, and it, you're, you're right. It's, it's an automated process. And, uh, you know, you, you get to decide. You, the, the consumer, the car owner, has the power because they, 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 they are the decider. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if, if they decide, I, you know, I, I don't like this anymore, or I'm getting too many messages, then, then they can tone it down. Uh, if they're getting the uh, right number of messages and they find value in that, uh, then they'll just leave it as is. Right? Yeah. And well, and let's talk about this a little bit for the what this means for the dealership, because you're, you're saying a B to B to C, you're, you're correct. And as this is small business owners, things like that, um, that listen to this, you know, the implications for them as well, driving that business back to them is, you know, part of the stickiness and the legion. And like you said, it develops that relationship and people buy for their reasons, but they buy from people that they trust. Right. I mean, and and you're right. It it drives, first of all, it drives repeat service business. That's, that's mm -hmm. what it was uh, designed for. Uh, But the, what, what it really is, it's a robust communication tool. That, that enables a relationship to get built between the car owner and the dealership. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that's that's what sets them apart. You're, you're no longer a commodity. I now have a relationship with you. Um, and you know I, I like you. Uh, you send me $10 coupons to get my oil changed. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You you tell me you hate getting in that line and realize that you missed out on that coupon, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and you, you've, you've told me that I'm 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 special to you, and and you've proven it, right? So so yeah, so you do have a a, a relationship there, and of course uh, all our relationships don't work out the way that we would like for them to, but but uh, in, in this case, most most of them will. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it drives repeat service revenue for the uh, the dealership. Uh, on the uh, on the other side, it uh, it enables the dealer to see who their best customers are. Uh, mm -hmm. So if I've if I've given you this application. And you haven't come back to my dealership for service this past year. Uh, I, I probably need to find out why. You know, are you are you going somewhere else? Does your car no longer need service anymore? Did you did you move out of town? Uh, you know, we need to find out what happened to our relationship, and and then we either fix it or or or, or we don't. We you know go our separate ways, or else we continue to have a relationship. Uh, you know, that's that's what this tool does. The um, the the other side, Valerie, um, and I I wasn't really planning on talking about this today. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I will. Um, the um, you know the the whole concept of uh, Car Care Pro uh, came about because um, you know you think think about a used car sales transaction um, and and the connotation that has for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, for, absolutely. For most people, that that's one of the most painful experiences uh, that they <laughs> that they ever have in their life. Is well, that, it's such a painful experience that sales teams get slated as a used car salesman, right? And that has been yeah. so long ago that I, yeah, or they'll slate themselves as that, you know, yeah. so, yeah. And, and that's, and, and we, we looked at that and, and the, you know, the reality is uh, there, there's no standard for uh, used cars. Uh, so uh, anytime that you buy a used car, uh, the person that's selling it to you is, is going to tell you, you know, the, you know, the age old story that this was driven by a you know, a, a little old grandmother down to the grocery store on the weekends, and it's in perfect condition. You're not going to have any problems with it. Yeah, they, they, and you know, people lie. That's just uh, the, the reality. Um, and yeah. and we, we, we looked at that and said, you know, there's, there's got to be a way, a better way to do this. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's got to be a way to fix this. And so that, that was actually the uh, original concept behind Car Care Pro is that uh, we want to provide a vehicle. Uh, that enables a car owner to show people that he really did take care of his car properly. Mm -hmm. uh, so if uh, so, when I uh, you know going back to these messages, I send you a message: you need to get your oil changed, um, you need to get your brakes changed. Uh, if if you do those things, then I then I know about that, and I can uh, if you do everything you're supposed to do, uh, I can give you a gold star that says you have a certified used car. Uh, you did what you were supposed to do. And so uh, when it comes time for me to sell that car, uh, you've got two parties in the transaction. You've mm -hmm. got the car seller and you've got the car buyer. So the car seller, uh, they're going to win because they're gonna get higher resale value because they can, they can prove I've taken care of this car properly. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're the car buyer, now you've got the uh, sense of comfort that I'm, I'm buying a car uh, that's been properly taken care of. Uh, and I'm not just relying on a used car salesman to tell me that. <laughs> and that gives all the warm fuzzies that most people want to know about because you do always feel like well is this going to break down a month after I get it what mm -hmm. you know I, I mean that is I think buying a car has always been to me a painful experience but then you think of companies that actually have fleets of vehicles if they could use that 
then when they go to, because a lot of companies have a policy at a certain mileage, they offload them out of their fleet. And if they had that kind of connection, that would give the credibility to the buyer to say, yep, this was very well taken care of. Yes, this was exactly what it's saying it is. And through all the digital deluge and people shouting, yes, this is what's right. This is what's right. This is what's right. You've got digital proof that it's right, right? So I love that. Exactly, and you've, uh, uh, you know, you know a bit about cars. We've we've had a couple of conversations before <laughs> this, and the uh, the automotive industry is uh, seeing change like it hasn't seen in probably fifty years. Yeah, uh, with with the uh, the advent of electric vehicles, um, uh, the, the used car salesman is a good example. Uh, you know, that, uh, that that that's still something that uh, that has a negative connotation. It does. Uh, I, I, I even if it's not way. that way anymore. Uh, but, yeah. But other things in our society, uh, like used cars in particular, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, mental health issues, uh, bankruptcy. Uh, there's a number number of things that used to be just uh, considered awful. If this happens to you, your you know, your your life is over, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and that's been changed. Now, where it's it's not like it was before. Uh, now, now it's it's more uh, more accepted. Uh, so, uh, used cars in particular, uh, it used to be uh, there was nothing older than a, a seven-year-old Chevy uh, car, right? Uh, and but that's that's changed, and uh, you can see that phenomenon with the uh, the giant leap in prices of uh, used vehicles. Uh, over the last few years, mm-hmm. and the uh, phenomena that uh, people have figured out that you know what uh, I don't have to get rid of this car at uh, sixty thousand miles or seventy thousand miles. Uh, cars and trucks will will run for hundreds of thousands of miles. Yeah, we've got a two thousand one F three fifty still still ticking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that so that stigma is gone. Uh, where, yeah. like, uh, I, I you know I I just I just bought a used car, uh, and and it's, it used to be oh I'm I'm sorry that you had to buy a used car, and now it's like oh good for you you got a used car. Yeah, well, there's all sorts of things too pre-owned, um, some tax implications, depreciation, some things like that. But one of the things that you and I've talked about before. See, I and I don't think I've told you this before, but I. One of the challenges I have as a consumer on, on the consumer side of it is I do want to get a, a car and I started to look into Porsche Macons and if that's the wrong way to say it, oh well. Um, but anyways, um, just partially because it has the features that I need for living in a colder climate, but not feeling like I'm in an SUV. And, and some of those things, but there were other reasons behind it. Some of it was just some appeal. Um, I've always had like, you know, a Ford or, you know, this kind of thing. And as soon as I started looking online, there were so many people back and forth. Some love it, some don't love it, some, you know, and it really does sway sometimes your opinion of what is exactly happening. And sometimes you do, you just go, well, I'm going to fix my car and keep it because I'm so tired of going through the deluge of what's real and what's not real. And you had talked to me a little bit about, um, I don't know if it's this company or another one, because like you said, you've had several, but upgrading to the latest tech. So right now, part of the reason I want a new car is because I want all the latest tech that is out on those cars. Right. And, and, um, 
And I wouldn't know the first thing about all, you know, where to go to find those upgrades and what will really work and what won't work to fix my used car. Cause I love it. I love my, you know, I, there's no reason I need to get rid of it. I, I do love it. <laughs> well, um, I, I just happen to know a little bit about that. Uh, <laughs> and, well, uh, I thought it might benefit others who are kind of sitting in this boat, especially with supply chain shortages and used stuff being something that has become a trend for sure. sure. Well, let me, let me let me talk a little bit about that. That, that, that because that's a much longer story, uh, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and make it a short um, <laughs> The uh, when you uh, when you mentioned the uh, you know the patents and the intellectual property uh, that that we own, uh, all those are uh, involved with what's called a connected car, and that, mm -hmm. that's that's what you alluded to. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll use a um, let's use a Jeep as an example because most people are familiar with the Jeep. So if you uh, if you uh, look at a uh, you know a 2022 uh, Jeep and uh, compare that to a 2012 Jeep. Uh, they're actually not that different. Um, so they've, they've got the same tires, got the same wheels. Uh, the seats are very similar. Uh, they look the same. They've got the same engine. Uh, what's different between these two vehicles? Uh, well, one's 10 years old and has you know, probably you know, 70,000 miles on it. Uh, but the other one has all these uh, cool new connected car features. Um, and they didn't have those back in, in 2012. Uh, they really didn't start adding uh, connected car features to vehicles until about 2013. In 2013, about 30% of the vehicles that um, came out of the factory had them. Uh, and that number has grown over the years. Uh, but if you look at uh, all the vehicles in uh, North America, there's, there's a little over 300 million vehicles. Mm. Uh, uh, of those, 250 million of them that are on the road don't have those connected vehicle features. Wow. So, uh, so my uh, my partner Craig, uh, he's the uh, he's the smart guy. He's the one that uh, <laughs> that actually invented uh, all these things. Uh, but uh, what what we're doing is we've uh, we're creating a and I'm not going to try not to use fancy words, but we're, cre we're creating a used car uh, ecosystem. Uh, nice. where, and what I mean by that is uh, we've we've got a platform called BCA Connect, and uh, it's kind of like a Hey Siri or Alexa. Uh, where uh, we'll allow anybody to participate in that platform that wants to add new car features to a used car. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can imagine, uh, we have several uh, that we offer because you know, that, that's the business that we're in, uh, but we're going to let anybody play on this platform. So uh, we, you know, we think we've got the popular features that people want, uh, but we, we can't think of everything. So there's going to be lots of other things that we haven't even thought of that will become uh, part of this platform so that anybody wants to take that, that uh, 2012 Jeep and turn it into a 2022 Jeep uh, <laughs> will be able to do that. Uh, yeah. So uh, in our case, uh, we've got a you know, anti-theft device called Engine Lock. Uh, we've got uh, what I think the most interesting thing we have is a, uh, um, I don't have a fancy name for it yet, but we'll, we'll call it the key fob control system uh -huh. uh, where you take your key fob and you put it into a box, and in that box are a bunch of little tiny robots that push the keys on the key fob. Uh -huh. So uh, what that means is that anything that your key fob could do for your car, uh, now you can do that on your phone. Oh, or, wow. Or you could do it from a remote location. 
and the reason I mentioned that specifically, you talked about fleets a little while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, the, this, this would be a solution for a fleet or a car rental company uh, mm-hmm. that works with all cars, all ages, all brands, uh, where they can remotely grant access to the vehicle to an authorized driver. Oh, yeah, that, well, and yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I, I, I kind of wove that in because I thought it was a very interesting um interesting way to go because if we're talking about the revenue maze and we're trying to weave some of that into the revenue maze it is a model you're using cars and car tech but it is a model of new product development listening to the customer listening to what the need is in the in the universe right now right and it's also about differentiating right? Because you're talking about relationship building, but those all to me go hand in hand because you don't develop something unless you've actually listened to the, listened to the universe on what's happening, right? The customer, whatever it is. True. And it's, and it's a disruptive um, because I'd call it a positive disruption. Uh, Uh When I, when I say disruptive, what I mean is, is if I'm a, uh, if I'm a new car, if I'm an OEM, if I'm, you know, we'll, we'll leave their names out of it, but you know who the big OEMs are. Sure. Uh, I'm focused on new cars. That, that's yes, what I you are. Is, a, is, is selling new cars uh, and uh, all the people that, uh, that work with me, uh, that's what they care about is, uh, is new cars. Yeah, that's not what we're focused on. We're, we're focused on the, uh, the used car segment. So in many regards, uh, you know, we're uh, going up against, uh, you know, all of these giant companies uh, that are telling you, you need to get rid of your used car. It's no good. I'm, I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with your used car. And, uh, you know, for, you know, $1,000, uh, you can take that used car and, and give it all the bells and whistles that a new car has. Uh, yeah. That's right. And give you, uh, you know, a little bit more value in your car and a little more longevity. And, and in today's world, uh, that's important uh, because most people can't afford to buy a new car. Well, they can't afford it and they can't get it. Supply oh, chain, there was backlogs for new cars. So I don't see it as adversarial at all. I just feel that you are filling a niche because, yeah, there was when we did a product launch, we were like, and it wasn't in used cars. It was in heavy equipment um, just to get some supply chain um, items, we were having to sign up people on a wait list for a year. Who wants to wait a year for everything? <laughs> you know, if you, if it, if it literally will get you, cause let's dumb it down to Valerie world. If it will take you from point A to point B, you know, <laughs> and you have to wait for a year to get from point A to point B easily, then yes, going to a, um, refurbing or, um, redoing your existing vehicle that does that is probably going to be to me that's advantageous honestly you know and i think so i'll i'll i'll, I'll take a conversation off on a on a tangent here okay uh, you know I, you've already you know told everybody that i'm a car guy and when i i, I should probably provide some credentials to prove that right uh, <laughs> so one, of the, uh, one of the things i'm doing right now is uh, restoring a 1954 chevy truck uh-huh. and uh, where that fits into the, all the uh, Ford and the Dodge guys don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, what, what that, uh, where that ties back in to, uh, 
I, I'm sorry, I've got somebody bug me here. Uh, what, what that uh, ties back into uh, as far as the supply chain goes is that the, uh, you know, I, I'm stuck right now. I can't finish uh, with what I'm doing on this truck because there are some things you just can't get right now. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it happens with uh, used cars, happens with uh, new cars, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's impacting everybody. Um, so if you've already got a car that you like, uh, and you can, uh, you know, add a few things into it and, and make it, uh, you know, add some convenience features or some, uh, some fun and, and some additional life to your used car. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I, and I, it's given me a lot of food for thoughts. So, all right. So Todd, you've said for decades, what got you into this world and, um, just, the audience likes to know a little more about you personally and how you got there and that kind of stuff. So. Well, there, there's, there's two sides to it. And uh, you know, thanks for asking that question. Uh, uh, there aren't very many, um, you know, like me out there, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, we're all original, right? <laughs> like I say, I know a, a little bit about a, a lot of things. I've done some really interesting things. Uh, what I uh, was doing right before uh, the, the uh, automotive gig is a, uh, I, I uh, joined an events company or helped start an events company oh. uh, three, three months before the pandemic started. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not, not very good timing on that. Uh, uh, prior to that, uh, I had one of the largest uh, live fishing bait um, uh, distributorships in the, in the country. So oh, wow. I never met anybody uh, that, uh, that sold uh, minnows and worms and crickets before, right? Uh, no, so. <laughs> I kind of see it on a wall as you drive by and it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm a scuba diver. So I like to see the fishes alive and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I've done, you know, done some uh, you know, pretty interesting things, but I um, like to do things for myself. So the way that I got involved with cars, uh, actually have to uh, credit my, uh, my wife for that. She, uh, she wanted oh. to have, and an older Jaguar. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jaguars are notorious for their, uh, at least the older ones, for their um, uh, reliability. I was going to say, say it nicely. Say uh, it nicely. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I said, well, if, I, if we get this car, I'm going to have to learn how to fix it because I can't afford to take it to <laughs> place and have somebody else fix it. So that, that, that's how I got my uh, uh, start. And then uh, to take a little bit deeper dive on that, uh, you know, when the, uh, when the engine on that car gave out, uh, then I transplanted a, uh, uh, an American made, you know, Chevrolet engine and transmission into the car. And uh -huh. then that, that's what really set me off on the path, uh, to do those types of things. Um, wow. and, and it continues today. I, I talked about the, uh, 1954, uh, truck. I've also got a 1974, uh, Datsun 260Z. Oh and, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I'm turning that into an electric vehicle. Uh, oh, so. that is going to be way cool. That that's awesome. I don't know. The only Dotson I ever had was a, a quite the junker in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but so then again, I have a 2001 F350 that is not a junker, but for some reason, I tend to hang on to vehicles for. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got I've got some things that you can add to that 2001 truck. Yeah. Uh, we need we need to know we we need to <laughs> we'll talk offline on that one because yes, there is some updating because you can't get. Well, I'm not I'm not the Ford, Chevy, Dodge, whatever person, but that year was a good year for those F350s. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, the, so the you know answer to your question about the automotive and the technology. You know that was the automotive part of it. Uh, the uh -huh. technology part. Uh, I've, I've been involved in the um, technology business really ever since there was a technology business. So uh -huh. I started off in the uh, the retail technology business, and back in those days they called them cash registers. So oh. that's, uh, that's, that's 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 how I got my uh, my, my start, and then I've. Uh, you know, just been interested in, in, in what's next, you know, what, what, what's that, what's next after this, what's the next new thing. And uh, yeah. that, that's what I've done for, uh, for decades. Yeah. You know, I love that. I, I, uh, I am, I read a book. I, I think I actually already called it out on another show, Thomas Friedman. Thank you for being late. And he kind of goes through history all the way up to, to Google and talking about Moore's law and all those things. And I've always been a, a bit of a tech geek. Um, when I was in college, which is too long ago, but, um, I had an apricot computer with a, an a drive and a B drive and an infrared keyboard and I and a dot matrix printer when everybody was doing word processing labs at the time right and that's kind of and uh, I had a I had a dad who was a definitely a, a tech junkie and had the big a-frame computers and the tape and the and any latest latest you know even when um, some of the tech was coming out with eight, um, oh, I forget what they are, VHS, but what was the competitor to VHS? Um, it was... Uh, yeah, beta. Uh, beta, yeah. there we go. Uh, yeah, I had that in college too because of my dad, you know, and all of those things. And we were just, we just loved all that tech and just fun, 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 you know. I told one of them that I'm a Star Trek fan and and actually wrote a script for Next Generation because I'm I'm totally that geek. You know what I mean? I was just I'm totally that geek. But I love what you're doing because it's starting all these fun ideas, especially for some of the small businesses too. You know. Well, I've kept some of that uh, old tech. I don't know if you've kept any of, of, of your stuff. I've uh, I've I've got one of those uh, original uh, cell phones. Uh, that, that that came in a bag and uh you know it was a like a giant brick but yeah that's, that's in my closet of halloween costumes now so i, oh. <laughs> I drag that out from time to time and we we kept the original uh nintendo uh so a lot of stuff we've thrown away that i wish we would have kept but uh, we, we've got a couple of uh, artifacts that'll uh yeah, you know, years from now, people look back and say, wow, look at that. Look at that old thing. Yeah, no, I, there's sometimes some, mostly I just kick myself for not hanging on to it. I, I remember talking about, um, uh, I, I had a life drive by Palm, which was a, it would connect to a cell coverage before the iPhone came out, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I actually do a presentation called So Long Palm for new product development and to get people to realize, you know, the differentiation, you've got to be able to capitalize on what you were talking about, right? Because I, and I'm not bagging on Palm because I, I was a fan, trust me. But there were a lot of things that came out at the same time before the iPhone that no one even really knew happened, you know, and the light drives had the stylus and all that, <laughs> all that fun stuff, right? And, uh, and, but it was not the one that turned the tide, 
right? <laughs> yeah. And we, we've taken that into account with uh, all the products that we're building um, to, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say something future-proof, but that's what our goal is, is to uh, oh. make these devices future-proof so that uh, it, it's not going to go out of style. The technology will yeah. continue to work as things evolve because uh, there is life after Bluetooth. Right now, Bluetooth is the standard. Right? Yeah. There, there's something after that. And, uh, and we're, we're prepared for what comes next. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Being future focused is probably one of the biggest problems for companies and, the, and their revenue, right? Because if they are not future, future focused, not looking at the global as a whole, not checking themselves against competition, which competition is the next thing too, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's... Um, that it's within or without their company, you know, it could be that they're just not monitoring it. And, um, and cause I work in the resurrection space as well. And a lot of times you find that they just were comfortable and weren't future focused, you know, yeah. and you've got to get them back on track for that. And that's sometimes hard because sometimes they'll say, well, that was my baby. And so everybody should still love that baby no the baby needs to evolve right <laughs> yeah, it's all part of that what's what's next mentality and if, if you're not if not looking out into the future you're, you're, you will be left behind you will be left behind oh my gosh that's a whole nother show too <laughs> anyway so i heard a little bit that first of all you're an empty nester like myself which is fantastic and that you're pretty close to the atlanta braves and those are some fun things that you talk about. Tell a little, tell the audience a little bit about just you, not related to revenue, not related to any of that. They, I love to to hear about what what people do on the side. Okay, sure. I'll um, um, let's just let's use uh, current events. So on a, on Thursday of uh, this past week, um, I had uh, you know, forty people out here over at my house. Oh, uh, and uh, we have not had an event of that size since before the pandemic. So we, uh, you know, we, we we like to entertain. We know we know how to do it. But I will tell you that uh, with that having those forty people over and not having done something like that for almost four years, it's like, do we still remember how to do this? <laughs> uh, uh, so you feel like you're coming out of the cave. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, but it, 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 we we did it. It came off pretty well. The uh, uh, the group was. Um, it's a, uh, I'll put in a plug for a Woodlands camp. Uh, so it's a, it's a third party uh, uh, youth camp uh, that travels around uh, to different, uh, different areas, Christian focused. Oh, and, cool. the, um, and, and so we uh, uh, put on an event for the staff and then the, uh, uh, the host families that were, uh, you know, putting them up while they were here and, and then a few other folks, right? Uh, so that, yeah. that's where the 40 people came from. Uh, but to answer your question, um, the uh, I like to uh, in, in my spare time I, I like to uh, make things that are uh, I like to repurpose things make things that are different than what other people uh, you might have you know sitting on their deck uh, so uh, one of those things is I, I took a um, uh, a water heater when we had to replace our water heater and I turned that into a smoker uh, oh and, and so if it was a 40, 40 person event. Uh, we uh, uh, smoked, uh, did a pulled pork, um, about um, about thirty five pounds of a pulled wow. pork uh, that were done on my redneck smoker. So, uh, 
<laughs> hey, but that's that's way in because everybody's talking about, you know, even down to clothing, rewear your clothing, have everything be sustainable and everything. So you repurposed it. That's awesome. I love it. The, 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 and, and I'll bore you with another um, you know, repurposed story. Um, we, uh, I, we have a, a fire pit um, at the at bottom of our property, and I, uh, I, I created a redneck grill to complement the redneck smoker, and, uh, and, and that was made out of repurposed bed frames. Uh, so there was a, a giant fire, fire pit grill uh, down there, and it, like I said, it was, it was made out of you know bed frames that would have been thrown away. So. Oh my goodness. I, and I don't know, is redneck like PC? Are we allowed to say redneck? I don't know what we're allowed to say anymore. I think the stigma for redneck went away along with, uh, you know, youth cars and mental health issues, right? I think, I think it's okay now, right? It's okay now. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, (laughs) it does conjure up a, a, a vivid, mental picture for sure. I, I bet you your yard, I bet you your, well, I'm not even going to get into that. So that is so funny. I mean, truly funny. So who's one person that you just follow that the group would love to, to hear about? Well, I, I, I'm not sure that he's going to want me to say this, but uh, I have a mentor right now. Okay. His name is uh, Paul Bradley. And, okay. uh, and, and Paul Bradley resides in uh, Singapore, and mm-hmm. uh, I will, will say I've met a lot of smart people in my life. I, I think he is one of the smartest people uh, that I've ever met, and uh, he has provided us with a uh, tremendous amount of uh, guidance as far as uh, what we're doing with, uh, with our company with Blue Connect Automotive, uh, and uh, he encouraged us to uh, think bigger than what we were thinking. So awesome. our, our original go-to-market plan is uh, we were going to sell anti-theft devices. They're called engine lock, and we're, we're going to sell a whole bunch of them. And, <laughs> and that, that's what our story was. Now, we're, we're still doing that. But uh, you know, he, he's the one that said what you really need to do is you need to create this uh, used car, a connected car platform. Um, that's what the real play is. And he, he was right. That's what we're doing. Oh, so, that's amazing. So I, oh. I, Follow what he's doing because you know he's uh, like I said he's a he's a pretty amazing character. Yeah. You know we all have to have those mentors in, and I have so many of them I couldn't even list all of them. But getting into the fractional revenue space and leading that kind of um, side of the fence, uh, mine mine is Anthony Mayo. Anthony Mayo came and worked for us at a time in my full time equivalent and took something off my plate that I didn't know could be taken off my plate, you know, just because of the fractional portion that he took off my plate. So I, you know, I'll give him a shout out on this show because he, he did a great job with it. And he has been a a longtime friend ever since. So we love those. So the audience would love to hear one place. What, what is one place that you could, they could connect with you. If they want to find out about some of this stuff or just learn from your wisdom, that kind of thing, where, where would you like them to connect? I'm, I'm happy to connect with anybody, uh, you know, anywhere, as long as they're, you know, not just trying to sell me something, right? right? <laughs> You're going to try to sell them something. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> there, right? uh, probably the, uh, the easiest way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. There aren't very many Todd 
cripes on LinkedIn. I think I'm in LinkedIn. <laughs> And it's spelled exactly like it sounds, C-R-I-P-E, right? <laughs> correct, yeah. So yeah, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and you know, take a look at my profile. If you like what you see and you want to talk, I'll be happy to talk. So. Perfect. That's so fantastic. So I want to thank everybody today for joining us on the Revenue Maze. And again, um, if you like the show, like what you're hearing, want to be on the show or whatever you want to do or meet up with Todd, go ahead and like it. It will be released on a lot of different um, stations, including YouTube, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So anyways, and yeah, if anything else, Todd is just a very fun conversation and you will enjoy that so much. And thank you again, Todd. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, it was my pleasure. We talked about a lot of things and uh, most of them were interesting. (laughs) Most of them are. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you all for joining another great episode. For show notes, links, and resources, visit revenuemaze.com. And never forget, you are why. 